Yeah, I don't know where I have no idea where Tina came I've from. Never what are heard you doing, that one. Tina? Yeah, yeah. Get out of here. Welcome to the Teen Life Podcast, where we believe that teenagers are not a problem to be solved, but we're here to help you equip teenagers through the power of connection. My name is Carly Duke, and I am here with Chris Roby. Hey, guys. We are just excited to be here. (laughs) I'm excited to be here. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I certainly am. Absolutely. Today, I want to start by talking about role models, Mm. Chris. It's a big deal. It is a big deal, but how I want to start this might seem weird. Okay. All right. (laughs) Well, not weird. Have you heard of the Bobo doll experiment? No, not other than what I just see written in front of me. I have no. So this is something that I learned about in my psychology class. Okay. Fascinating stuff. If you've never, it's old, 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 like super old. Okay. But so this is not a current. Okay. (laughs) To be fair, this is not current, but it's fascinating if you want to look at it. But basically... It was this social learning theory where they had these like, remember those like wibble wob- wiggle wobble? I can't. I can't. <laughs> it, <laughs> hey. Guys, this is better in person. <laughs> <laughs> those like like dolls that are weighted at the bottom and kind of. Yeah, yeah, I got you now. Yep. Flop back and forth. Okay, yeah. I think that's basically what a Bobo doll is. I haven't looked at this in a while. You know, that, that I, I can see that being called a Bobo doll. Okay. I don't know why. Yes, that makes exactly. a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense, yeah. right? So basically, they would have adults come in and just beat up these dolls and have kids watch. And then they would watch what the kids would do. Okay. And so it was this experiment that showed that kids model their behavior on what they watch and experience. So mm-hmm. if a adult hit the Bobo doll and then got punished for it, then kids would not when it was their turn, not do that to the doll. But if a adult abused this doll Mm -hmm. and then was praised for it, then they were incredibly aggressive towards the doll when it was their turn to interact with it. And so this fascinating part of role models matter to kids Mm -hmm. and they're watching you. So like I said, weird way to start talking about the Bobo doll. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. I mean, because I I would, I would even take that a step further if if the if the adult showed bad behavior and there was no consequences for it, right, you would see that child probably mirror that behavior as well. Like exactly. there, even 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 if there wasn't a piece of praise that you know if, if they're not going to get punished for that, it must be fine. Exactly, exactly. So when it comes to role models, it just changes over time. When mm-hmm. I think of my kids or toddler ages, so I have a two year old and a four year old, I am their primary role model mm-hmm. because that's who they see. Now, other adults, grandparents, teachers probably, but really we're mostly home. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to role models, that's me, but that changes when we hit adolescence. Mm -hmm. And so early adolescence, I think this would be my guess, Chris. You might disagree. I think that's when peers start to take a larger role. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and developmentally, you'll see that as kind of that that next social step, you know, is, you know, yeah, I've got mom and dad. But I know I've got to, you know, as that adolescent task of identity development, they realize it can't just be my parents. And so it's, it is the, their, the peer to their left or the, to their right, their, mm-hmm. their, their friend, the, the, the one that they would say they would spend the most time with, the one they would call if they were in trouble, um, would be that, that next step out. Right. And then I think what is fascinating for especially high schoolers, you probably see this with middle schoolers too. 
But our teenagers are growing up in a digital age. So Mm -hmm. anymore, it's not even just who's at home and who their peers are. Their role models, the older they get as they get access to cell phones, computers, is also outside influences. Mm -hmm. So whether that's a coworker at a job because now they're going to a job, whether that's an online friend. Last week, we talked about gaming. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's someone that they're playing video games with. It might be influencers on social media, TikTok people, celebrities, YouTube videos that they're watching. They're getting outside influences everywhere all the time, 24-7. Right, right. And some of those influences could be super positive or not. Exactly. Yeah, no, you're right. Mm -hmm. But I think when... One thing when I was kind of looking into this and thinking about this topic, when it comes to friends, I think we worry about peers. And I think uh, something that parents or adults would think is my influence doesn't matter anymore. Mm -hmm. When they hit teenagers, it's all about friends. But friends really just impact everyday behaviors, what they like, what they dislike, maybe what they're watching or wearing. But as the parent in your home, you are still the primary role when it comes to their values. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important, parents who are listening, friends are important, but so are you. So you can't just like step out of your role and be like, well, I'm not a role model anymore for my kids Mm -hmm. because that's false. Yes. And it it models how they might make their choices. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, and I, and I would say the vast majority of the time, it's, it's not a conscious thing. It's just what they do is probably what they've seen. And I don't know about you, Carly, as a parent, but. Isn't it the worst when your kid displays a bad behavior and you might <laughs> oh, have no. just done that too? Yeah. <laughs> I know where you're going with it. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 it it almost makes you more angry <laughs> when that happens. You don't realize the things that I don't often realize the things that I say until I hear it repeated back to me by a uh-huh. two year old and I go, huh. That's where she learned that. Yep. It's me. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And, and I, you're just like, dang it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, me and Carly speak as parents of younger kids, but I don't think that's a whole lot different mm-hmm. uh, than with a teenager. I just don't think you probably see it in action as much as maybe you would when you're, you have your littler kids with you all the time. When they're out in the world, they're more than likely mimicking you somehow, right? right. In the way, in the way that you would respond to stress or making crucial decisions or um, your sense of morality on a subject. Um, like Carly said, they, they're not, they're definitely not mimicking your passion sense. Um, <laughs> oh man. I know, I know. Um, but um, they are, they are carrying on the way that you see, they see you live your life through your values. Well, I think in the context of sports, um, when my husband is talking to a player and he's been talking to him at school and then the next day they come back and they've totally changed their attitude or something else is wrong. And he'll get frustrated. One of my first questions is, is that what they're hearing at home? Mm-hmm. And so you, what you talk about at home, how you talk about things at home is going to come out in other ways hmm. because they're listening and watching you. I think cell phones and how you interact with technology is also displayed. If you're texting and driving and then your teenager's driving the car and you're getting super frustrated about that, you need to ask, well, am I modeling that? Mm-hmm. Because they are watching you and they're maybe not doing it even consciously, but they will model after you. I think it's a that's, that's a huge takeaway from this conversation to me is is really knowing that 
the way that you are conducting yourself as a parent or a helper or an influence as an adult to a teenager is going to be, it's going to play out mm-hmm. and you're likely not going to see it. Right. And I think that's a hard, that's a hard connection to make when you, you might not actually see that behavior in action. It's likely coming out. So when it comes to positive role models, Chris, what do you think are some characteristics? What do we need to be helping our teenagers look for? Um, I think a lot of it is modeling around technology and kind of how we interact with it. Um, I believe it's um, how we conduct ourselves and the little things that no one else notices. Mm-hmm. I've seen people um, liken good good moral character to whether or not you put your shopping cart back up in the Walmart <laughs> parking lot or you leave it sitting next to your car. Uh-huh. And, and that's, that's a, that's a, a, a filler or a sub in just for that idea of those little things that you don't think anyone else sees are actually noticed um, in spades for sure. Like I, like my little five-year-old daughter or something, I don't know who taught her this, but when we're in a public bathroom, we wash our hands and get our paper towels. She always makes sure there's paper towels out for the next person. Like, hmm. like, 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 precious. Yeah, it's like, it's like a little, a little, uh, the little power thing she weighs over, makes sure it's out for the next person. And I don't know who taught her that, but like, that's a little lesson back to me just about how important those little things are. We'll never see or know if anyone ever appreciates that, but in her mind, that's the right thing to do. And so, um, which I guess that's a whole nother conversation, but you know, that role model thing can go both ways. Like my five-year-old can be a role model for me <laughs> in so many ways. Um, but yeah, I, I, I believe things like that. I believe the ways that we talk about people we disagree with is uh, a huge way we can be a positive role model because our uh, polarized political society, we almost have some kind of per- permission to, to speak really poorly about and to people we disagree with. And mm-hmm. so I think how we model that within our home, because I think we're more free to talk about the things we disagree with at home. Do we speak respectfully of people we disagree with? Do we model crucial conversation kind of ideas around uh, around that? So I think that's another another way that we can be a positive role model. How about you? What do you think? I think you're exactly right. I think how you treat others, how you speak to your teenager when you're frustrated, mm-hmm. how you speak to a significant other or another family member when you're frustrated, um, that shows a lot mm-hmm. and modeling that. I think it's important for you to be a positive role model, but it's also important. And we've talked about this in another podcast episode. Um, We'll link it if you want to go back and listen, but it's important for you to also be intentional about the other adults you're putting in your teenager's life Mm -hmm. and making sure you're finding them strong role models that they can look up to one day when, I mean now, but also when she's older, I hope to find strong female role models for my daughter that she can look at and say, I can do that too, Mm -hmm. um, who are different than me. Mm -hmm. And for my son to have positive role models other than our family in his life is important. So whether that's finding strong female role models, whether that is for our students of color to see themselves represented well, Mm -hmm. I think that's so important. And we need to be looking for ways to do that with teenagers. And I think too, seeking out opportunities for um, your kids to have role models who don't look like them. Uh, Exactly. No, Um, you talk about, you talk about diversity. I think um, I want my white sons to have uh, a person of color to follow and to almost be able to submit to their leadership, you Mm -hmm. know? And so, um, because I know in my life when that's happened, how much better my life is. Um, of someone who doesn't look like me or sound like me. And so 
I think all of those things where you can model diversity, uh, model humility, um, model vulnerability, I think those are all things that are positive. And, and, and not only in you modeling them, but finding people around other adults who are willing to do that too. Hey, podcast listeners, it's Carly Duke, and we have been getting incredible feedback on our podcast. And we wanted to give you three quick ways to show your love to the Teen Life Podcast. So first of all, if you're not subscribed already, go into your favorite podcast app and make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. I promise we have some incredible stuff coming up soon and you will not want to miss a single trend, tip, or topic that we're talking about when it comes to teenagers. The second thing you can do is go into your app and review the podcast. Give any suggestions, tell us your favorite episode. We would love to hear from you in your favorite podcast app. And then finally, if you know someone else that you think would love this podcast, please share it. Share it on social media or just text a link to your friend and make sure that others know about this resource so that they can join in the conversation as well. As you know, we do not believe that teenagers are a problem to be solved, and we are so glad that you're with us to help connect to teenagers. For our trend today, I want to talk through some drug slang. Talk about whiplash. I know. We're really, (laughs) we're going the total opposite direction. That that, that last conversation was so positive. Feeling good, Carly. I know, and I'm just yanking it out from under Mm -hmm. you. And to be clear... We could have a drug conversation on every single one of these that we're about to have. And, so, and, we, and we might. Yes, we mm-hmm. probably will. Mm-hmm. You will probably hear more on substance abuse in the future. But today we wanted to do just a brief overview of a few drugs that teenagers might be using and maybe some slang that they might be using that you have no idea that that's what they're talking about. The, the slang stuff's important because you will never likely say, <laughs> hear kids say, I did cocaine. <laughs> 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 or I smoked marijuana, like it's especially in front of an adult. Exactly, yeah. So, so that's why slang exists is to to, to provide some provide some cover um, from the authority figures in their life, mm-hmm. where they can talk about it openly and not be quizzed. Exactly. And so, if you hear one of these, ask questions. Ask questions. Mm-hmm. Ask questions. Mm-hmm. Don't assume. Teenagers, even who don't use drugs, are probably familiar with some of these. So, right. don't assume that just because you're a teenager, don't go. Do you know what? speed is and if they do they'd be like you're doing drugs i can't believe this so (laughs) so just to be fair ask questions but Uh this is a good place to start so let's start with adderall this is one that helps kids with attention disorders it's a prescription but it's also one that teenagers can get their hands on pretty easily okay because maybe their friends have it and a lot of them use it to help them study stay focused um, and one stat said that nearly 42% of high schoolers say it's easy to obtain Adderall or really? something similar. So that's well, pretty staggering. Yeah, it really is. So so th- th- this is taken really just to fill that sense of single-mindedness, focus. Yes. Basically. So if I've heard of kids doing this for a big test or ACT, SAT. Mm-hmm. They might take it or to study for something so that they can stay up later and cram. This might be a one that they would use. Right. So some of the th- slangs that you might hear, Addies, Uppers, Smart Pills, Speed, there are more. We will list some of these on our website, and then I'll also link to where I found all of these. And I mean, the lists are long if mm-hmm. you're really um, interested in that. But that's what I've got for Adderall. And just and just for time's sake, we're not going to go through every kind of pill, but just know that 
pills are kind of the thing right now mm-hmm. uh, because there are so much more accessible law enforcement isn't necessarily looking for this over other things and so it's easier to hide um i do know that um where kids get in a lot of trouble are when they start mixing them yes and um i've heard of pill parties where basically there's just bowls of pills out and you just start popping them and that is so frightening it's frightening no i've I've, I've talked to some of our uh our counselors that work with us at teen life and say that's the thing and so teenagers already already engaging risky behavior by nature are really bargaining with their lives when they do things like that and so Obviously, around your house, um, before we move on from pills, make sure whatever prescriptions you have are properly a- accounted for, mm-hmm. um, that you are not an inadvertent drug supplier. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, but I think since since pills are prescribed, there are there's a less of a stigma around them, and so probably um, more room for innocent mistakes to mm-hmm. happen. And so I think I think having those conversations and paying attention to what you have uh, in your prescription. The next one we wanted to talk about is cocaine. Cocaine. So to be fair, this one is not as popular, but I still think it's worth mentioning. This one causes short bursts of energy, euphoria. It's snorted, smoked, injected, um, but the highs fade quickly, okay. um, leading to craving, addiction. This one can lead to addiction pretty quick. Mm-hmm. The stat that I have on this one is 3.8% of 12th graders and just over 1% of 8th graders in the U.S. have tried cocaine at least once. Okay. So like I said, this is a smaller percentage, but I think the bursts of energy, the euphoria makes it attractive. So Carly, what are are some other, what are some uh, slang terms around cocaine? So you might hear crack, blow, rock, coke, line. Okay. Are the main ones. Um, that I've heard, but once again, the list is long and we'll post that. But if you hear some of those, that might be what they're talking about. And generally, uh, your drugs like uh, uh, cocaine and heroin are going to be found more in affluent communities. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just kind of the trend line where you start seeing those there. So not to say that they don't exist other places, but just that's where that's where we hear more about that. But on the flip side... Let's talk about crystal meth. Crystal meth, all right. So this one is nearly three times as powerful as cocaine. And the high can last for hours, but then the crash can be debilitating. Wow. And coming off of this detoxing from this, from what I've heard, is a big deal. Mm -hmm. This is not an easy one to get off of. And what's scary is surveys have shown that one in 33 teens in the U.S. are experimenting with meth starting at the age of 12. And a quarter of teenagers say that it would be easy to score crystal meth. Wow. Yeah, this is the dangerous one because of its, it, it doesn't take a whole lot mm-hmm. to become highly addicted to it. Exactly. So some slang terms you might hear for this one, crystal, meth, so separate, not the same. Uh-huh. Uh, Christy, Tina, crank, tweak, glass, ice, shards, chalk. That's a, I just said a lot of words. You sure did. And it seems like, like the more addicted, the more crazy terms are our forum mm-hmm. exactly tina tina yeah i don't know where i have no idea where tina came i've from. never what heard are you that doing, one tina yeah yeah get out of here but that's um for crystal meth so that you're aware and then the last one i want to talk about is a big one for teenagers and this is the one that i hear most about in groups mm-hmm. oh me too <laughs> good grief we hear about this one a lot yeah. but marijuana right so marijuana if you don't know makes the user feel relaxed it heightens senses. It's a mild hallucinogenic. 
Um, it could also cause paranoia, impaired motor function. You hear a lot of times kind of that chill, mm-hmm. that chill attitude comes with that. Um, heightened hunger yeah. is one that I hear about a lot yeah. too. Um, and nearly 36% of 12th graders, 12% of eighth graders reported using marijuana in the last year. And yeah. this one's scary because it impacts brain development. It and- seems safe. It's legal in some places, not for kids. Mm-hmm. But for adults, it's legal in some places, but it affects teenagers' brain development. And that's the big conversation we always have, and we, we'll we cover this more in a future episode. But just being mindful of, yeah, it's an, it's natural, so to speak, but also that anything that's foreign to a developing brain can be very, very dangerous mm-hmm. and, and, and future impacts. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like I said, we'll talk about that down the road, but it's important that we know about this as helpers because it's a huge part. 36% of 12th graders of uh, the conversation yeah. for teenagers. So here's my list for this one. All right. Ready? Mm-hmm. Weed, pot, grass, dope, Mary Jane, purple haze. You'll hear them talk about edibles. So that is gummies or any other type of edible, edible, yikes, edible form of marijuana. Smokeless, basically. Yes, mm-hmm. smokeless. Um, and that one's scary because it's harder to track, but mm. it's more, it's, easier, I think, for teenagers because they can pop a few gummies and they don't have the smoke smell. Mm-hmm. Um, 420. So you'll hear about this on April 20th. You'll hear 420 a lot. Sometimes they'll talk about smoking at 420. Mm-hmm. So that is a marijuana term. Um, and then some emojis you might see. I don't get this one. A fuel or gas pump. Mm-hmm. The tree emoji. There's like an herb, mm-hmm. almost branch looking emerge emoji. Broccoli, four-leaf clover, those can also mean... Broccoli? Yeah, I don't know. I think Anything green, basically, <laughs> yeah. apparently means weed, an yeah. emoji term. Gotcha. Finally, just to be aware, synthetic marijuana is something different. However, that is even more dangerous, mm-hmm. and you might hear that called Spice, K2, Kush, Black Mamba. So something to be aware of, too. And just being aware that that is the much more dangerous path when it comes to marijuana, because... Obviously, not much of it's regulated at all. That's why it's an illegal drug. But the synthetics, you don't really know what you're getting. Mm -hmm. So once again, if you hear any of these terms, be in conversation with your student. Don't assume the worst. But we want you to be aware of what teens are talking about and some slang terms that they might be using to discuss drugs. (laughs) Finally, for our tip today, Chris, have you heard of the... Uh, now business i don't know what you call this headspace have you heard of this yes so i'm actually i've actually been a user really Mm -hmm. so tell me about it because i recently saw that this is something that they released on netflix but i don't know a ton about it yeah so uh it's kind of this family of apps of kind of self-help meditation uh mindfulness um another app that's similar is called calm um, Mm -hmm. that does a lot of the same things they do uh, deep breathing techniques. They do soundscapes. I mean, just anything that has to do with get, getting the blood pressure down and getting the anxiety down. And it's a, a lot of guided work uh, that has a guy who kind of has this pretty calming, soothing British voice who kind of makes you feel good about things. And um, But it's all around this idea of, of connecting with how you are in that moment, mm-hmm. which is what mindfulness is. And um, our uh, the world we live in is a distraction-filled, uh, anxiety-filled world, and this is kind of a, a anecdote to that. And so I've I've found 
the headspace app to be really, really helpful. Right. I, I started following them on Instagram a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And they're really interesting because they talk about wellness and mindfulness. And so it's good to come across my feed and go like, oh, okay, like this is good stuff to know. And then when I started following them on Instagram, I saw that they just released a Netflix interactive film. Really? Movie. So this is fascinating. Go check it out. I haven't watched the whole thing, but basically you get in and it starts and the British voice you're talking about Uh starts talking and then it'll ask you what you want help with that day. So is it meditation, relaxation or sleep? Hmm. So then you click on which one you want and it'll take you to another piece and it will then ask, what about relaxation do you want? And it'll give three more options, different time lengths, Mm -hmm. and you can choose that. Are you going to sleep? Do you want to get ready for sleep? different options that you can choose and you get to choose where you go and what you do. Hmm. So that is something that, especially for your teenager, if they're having trouble sleeping, maybe that's something as a family, if there's been a lot of stress at home, look into the app, their website, Instagram, will link all of these, but maybe check out that Netflix film and just see what you think about it. Yeah. And I, I, I would highly recommend if you are in a time of high stress to uh, explore mindfulness, mm-hmm. um, because I think, when you name the emotion, it doesn't have the same impact. And that's what a lot of, a lot, what a lot of mindfulness is, is noticing that I am tense, you know, mm-hmm. or, or I'm clenching my jaw all the time, or I've got this tight feeling in my chest. A lot of times, unless you stop to, to notice it and point it out, your body doesn't know what's going on. And so some might feel like this is very woo woo kind of, you know, Eastern <laughs> meditation. Yeah. You heard me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, as someone who's done this and have, has found benefit, I, I, I can, especially for a teenager, to develop some of these really positive habits, I think is a really good thing. All right, that's a wrap on this one. Thank you so much for listening. A special thanks to Carly Duke and to Kelly Fan for producing this podcast. Also to Luke Cabrera for our awesome podcast music. If you want to know more about Luke, and his music, check out his contact info in the description. Well, this podcast is for the helpers, and we really hope you feel helped. If there's something we haven't talked about or a topic that you're really interested in, email us at podcast at teenlife.ngo, and we will do our best to get to that topic. We will see you next week.